Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Ephesians 4.31 Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. We are in a series called Helping the Hurting, and today we're going to talk about the hurting. We're going to talk about the hurting. And God's going to speak to us today. Do you believe that? I believe that every time we come to church, we ought to give our best to God because God always wants to give his best to us. And we should never come to church and leave the same way we came. We should be better for it. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise God. There is uh, just a couple of quick things, a little bit of housekeeping that I need to do. We do have home Bible study inserts in your bulletin. If you have taught our teaching or would like to teach a home Bible study, we'd like you to fill out that form. We're going to try and keep track of our needs for home Bible studies and connect our needs with our teachers. So if you would take the time to fill that out, that would be great. Home Bible studies are the backbone of evangelism for every apostolic church. How many of you have ever sat in a home Bible study? See that? 12 lessons where you go from Genesis to Revelation and get a basic knowledge of the Bible. And it's been a great blessing. So please fill those out for me. Then one other thing I wanna mention is this week is, is the home mission seminar that Wisconsin has every year for our home missionaries and daughter works and people that are considering the ministry. And if that fits you, I want to encourage you to be a part of that. It will be in New Berlin this year. Friday night at 7.30 will be our our rally. Uh, I encourage you to be a part of that. It's not going to be at our church this year. It's going to be in New Berlin. And then Saturday morning as well. And then on Sunday morning next week, we're going to have a special treat. We're going to have one of our dignitaries that spoke at the seminar, Brother Drury with us. Brother Drury is the financial guru at headquarters, and I have asked him to come and minister to our congregation. And the reason that I'm doing that is uh, almost a year ago, my mother passed away. And I was so impressed with the way that my mother had her funeral prearranged. She had a plot. She had a casket, she had it paid for, she had a will, and everything was in place before she died. And I have done a lot of funerals and seen where that is not the case, and where there is bickering and fighting and confusion amongst family members. And even the Bible in Proverbs 13, 22 says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. That means your grandchildren. 
And I think that there may be a lot of people in our congregation that are not prepared for that upon their death. You might not have a will. You might not have a plan. You might not have real estate, um, uh, uh, an estate planning in your life. And so Brother Drury is gonna make himself available Sunday afternoon and Sunday night, and there'll be like 45 minute appointments that you can meet with him and he can walk you through that and help you get those things arranged. Because if you don't, it can cause a lot of chaos in your family. So I want you to be able to take advantage of that, okay? There's a sign-up sheet in the back and Brother Drury will speak next Sunday. Good to have our visitors today. If you're a visitor here, thank you so much for being with us today. How many of you have ever been hurt by somebody that you love? Disappointed, they hurt you bad, you've uh, suffered a severe setback. Well, today I'm going to address that and then we're gonna have a rousing altar call and be free from that today. That's our objective. Now, here's some observations that that I've made. And you have a a sheet in your bulletin as well. You can follow along and fill in the blanks. Um, This is kind of a treaching thing that we're gonna do today. But it begins with, I will evaluate all my relationships. I will offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me. I will make amends for harm that I've done to others except when to do so would harm them or others. Those are the first blanks. The secret of life, I'm gonna repeat myself some of the things that I've said in this pulpit before, but I think they bear repeating. The secret of life, the most important thing of life is just one thing, and that is relationships. Your title in life, your possessions in life, your wealth in your life, all will be dissipated and dispersed. But the one thing that you can keep throughout all of eternity is relationships. Your relationship with God is eternal. On earth, your relationship with your spouse with your children, with your grandchildren, with your friends, those are going to be the most important things that you will value in your life. There should be at least one amen. All the other stuff will rust, will break down, will fail. Now, something that we also need to understand about forgiveness is that offering forgiveness doesn't mean that it will be received by the person that you give it to or it will even be returned by others. We should be, as Christians, the first to offer forgiveness. And you which are spiritual in your home, hopefully if you're the husband, you ought to be the number one peacemaker in your home. And your spouse ought to follow suit. And your children are always observing every conversation, every disagreement, every fight, and they're waiting to see 
If you're gonna grow out of that, grow up. If you're gonna offer forgiveness, if you're gonna try and restore what is being hurt. Hurting people hurt people, but that doesn't justify it. And you have to understand that you are accountable first of all to God before even the person that has hurt you or that you have hurt. Be quick to ask for forgiveness. Because if you don't, it's only gonna get worse from that point out. That's why the Bible says, be angry and sin not, and let not the sun go down on your wrath. That means you shouldn't carry anything from this day into tomorrow when it comes to anger and unforgiveness. Because if you do, it will become bitterness. That's the next stage. And if you read the passage that I just quoted, a verse later it will say, and give no place to the devil. So when we don't become quick to ask for forgiveness, even if they don't acknowledge our our asking or don't ask us for forgiveness, we are doing what we can do to defuse the situation. And that is necessary for every meaningful relationship. The only people that can hurt you are people that you love and trust. I'm pausing for effect. The world can't hurt you. My expectations of the world are minimal. I don't expect the guy that I work with that maybe isn't a Christian to act like a Christian. My guard is already up. My expectations are already low. But if you love somebody, and if you trust somebody, you are becoming vulnerable to being hurt by that person. Consider this verse of scripture concerning Jesus in Zechariah 13 and six. One day, the Jews are going to ask this question of Jesus. What are these wounds in your hands? Remember when he was nailed to a cross? What are these wounds in your hands? And listen to his answer. Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. He came unto his own and his own received him not. They were the ones that cried for his crucifixion. He made himself vulnerable to people that he knew would betray him. He was hurt by those that he loved and those that he trusted. And if it can happen to the Savior, then it can happen to you. Your own brother and sister, your own parents, your own spouse, your own children, your best friend are all candidates for hurting you. It's possible that it could happen. So forgiveness, why, why do I have to talk about forgiveness? Well, let's take a look at why. Number one, because God has forgiven me. How many here today feel like God has forgiven them? Then this message is for you. If you believe God has forgiven you, then this message is for you. 
Matthew chapter 18 and verse 32. Oh, thou wicked servant, he rebukes a servant that he had forgiven. You wicked servant, I forgave you all your debt because you desired me. Should you not have had compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity on you? And the Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he would pay all that was due to him. And so likewise shall my heavenly Father do unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother, their trespasses. Did you hear the rebuke? The rebuke in the parable that Jesus told about how merciful God had been to you and to me. We just raised our hands and said, yes, I believe God has forgiven me. Then I owe forgiveness to others. I owe forgiveness to others. I know you don't sometimes uh, always like these little pet sayings that I have, but, but I believe that forgiveness is owed and trust is earned. So you, you don't earn forgiveness. I owe you forgiveness because I have been forgiven of a debt I could not have ever paid. It was beyond my ability to restore myself to God. So Jesus paid my debt. So when people wrong me, they have a debt to me. They are indebted to me and I have to forgive them. But when they hurt you and you forgive them, see, a lot of people can't distinguish between forgiveness and trust. They are two different things. Okay? They are not connected. Well, this person really hurt me. I will never talk to them again. You're hurt and you're afraid. And so you don't want to talk to them anymore. But you have got to segregate forgiveness and trust. Segregate them and spread them apart. This issue is forgiveness. I forgive you for what you did to me. Do I trust you? Nope. Let's just be honest with you today, okay? I don't trust you. I couldn't believe that you did that to me. That's gonna have to be earned. That's gonna take some time. There's gonna have to be some proving there. Before I'm gonna make myself totally vulnerable to you again. But it's not about forgiveness, it's about trust. Ecclesiastes seven and nine, resentment doesn't work. This is the second reason that I need to forgive people. Resentment does not work. Be not hasty in your spirit to be angry. Anger resteth in the bosom of fools. What that means is, is that when I hold resentment and unforgiveness in myself, it is self-destructive. I am destroying myself. If you see somebody that you got a problem with on your side of the church and you have to sit on the other side, you've you've got a forgiveness problem. Oh, I see him. And I gotta turn my back. I instantly must turn my back on someone and go the exact opposite direction. There's, for, there's unforgiveness there. There may be bitterness there. There may even be resentment there. But you are uncomfortable with that person and you want nothing to do with them. You got a problem. And it's eating your lunch. 
They are controlling where you can sit in a church. Do you believe that? I know what I'm talking about because I've experienced it. I've been uncomfortable when I've seen certain people at events when I have previously been hurt by that person. I know that I'm over it when I can walk into the same building, look them in the eye, and even stick out my hand and shake their hand. Pretty quiet in here today. But I think we all experience, resentment is self-destructive. Self-destructive. The saying goes, it's not what you eat that matters, it's what eats you that matters. What's eating you? Well, this thing that, and you know what? There can be a Hatfields and McCoys. There can be a Mason-Dixon line. There can be a civil war in our families. One family pitted against another family because that's what happens when one person of the, man, of the family, and if it's a patriarch or a matriarch, they poison the whole family. If you're a McCoy, you have to. It is required to hate the Hatfields. That's just the way we do things. That's not right. It's not Christian. We gotta get this right. Lots of people are gonna get killed because of unforgiveness. Number three, because I need forgiveness in the future. Why would I forgive somebody? Because I need forgiveness in the future. Now I'm gonna say something that's, I hope I don't knock you off your chair. But I've heard it sometimes and I hope I never hear it again. And you've heard it too. Listen to this. I can never forgive that person for what they did to me. Let me tell you what just happened in heaven when you said that. You lost your forgiveness. You're no longer forgiven. Uh, Who are you, Brother Kylie, to say that? Oh, it's not me. I read it to you. I forgave you. You You fell at my feet and you cried for mercy and for yourself and for your family. You said that you would pay the debt and I showed compassion on you and I said that I'd forgive you and I let you go and now you come back with this pettiness of this person that owes you a little bit compared to all that you owed me and you won't forgive them. I'm delivering you to the tormentors. You're going to prison and your family's going with you. Did you hear me? It becomes a family affair when people don't forgive. Lots of lives are at stake through unforgiveness. And when you utter the words, I'll never forgive, you have given a place for the devil and the whole family's going to suffer. I can't afford that. That's a price that I cannot pay. I have to forgive. What will happen? What must I do? Reveal my hurt. Reveal, this is one of the blanks on your sheet. Reveal my hurt. Don't deny your hurt. Admit your hurt. Number two, release the offender. 
Let me give you a, an example of what I'm trying to say today. Let's put the person that hurt you in that chair. Let's put you in this chair. And let's talk to this person while they're not even there. I can't believe that you did what you did to me. I find it very difficult to even look at you. You sicken me. I'm being honest. Okay? I hope our paths never cross again. If all you've got is you and them, it's going to be tough. But if somebody would come and pay you a visit, And Jesus and you would look at each other. Jesus, this person really hurt me. But I want to thank you for the forgiveness that you've brought to my life for the countless number of times that I hurt you. The, na- the times I took your name in vain, the times I lied. Times I spoke evil of people. And all oh, those things that I can't even talk about because this audience would hear them. But you know, Lord. And you've shown me nothing but mercy and kindness. And you forgave me. And I thank you for that. And Lord, I can't do this in my flesh. But I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I can do that, I can. So Lord, I forgive that person. I forgive John for what he did to me. And I am going to go to him, and I am going to talk to him in humility and with kindness and I'm going to show him mercy, and I'm going to be restored to my brother. Because you restored me to you, I will restore them to me. Thank you for your mercy, and thank you for your grace. And then you go, and you do it. I'm sorry for the misunderstanding that we've had and the things I've said or thought. Is there any way that you can forgive me? Because I value our relationship. We've been friends for years and we can't let the devil destroy something that we've enjoyed 
all the times we've shared together, the playing and the, and the vacations and the times at the altar, the church activities we've enjoyed, the, the committees we've served on together, the Bible studies we've sat in together. I'm not willing to throw all that away. Will you forgive me for my part in what's broken our relationship? I'm sorry for anything I've said or thought or done that has contributed to the distance that exists between us. You know what? After I say that and if I've really meant it, I'm gonna feel a whole lot better. I'm gonna be able to walk away from that situation and know that I've done all that I can do. And you know what? Then, if they're not ready, and if, if they sit there and look at me and listen to all that I say and say nothing, and they don't accept my apology, and they don't offer an apology on their own, it's okay. Because God's been dealing with me for weeks, now he can just deal with him. But he had to get to me first. I have to be responsible for my actions. I am not responsible for yours. There was a woman who was going blind. This is a true story. She was going blind and she went to her doctor and the doctor took all the tests and, and he said, I, it's obvious you can't see out of this eye, but I don't know why. So she went to her pastor and she said, Pastor, would you pray for me? I, I'm losing sight in my eye. And the Lord gave the pastor discernment. Not always, but sometimes God does. And he said to the woman, is there anyone that you need to forgive? And she said, what does that have to do with my sight? And he said, could be nothing, or it could be everything. Are you willing to take a risk? And he walked away, and she thought about it. And she needed to get it right with somebody and she did. And her sight came back. And God spoke to her and said this. When you get angry and an unforgiving, unforgiving bitter spirit comes over you, it changes the way you see things. So I wanted you to experience just a little bit of what is happening to you spiritually so that you could see its effects physically. The spiritual realm initiates everything that takes place in us physically and emotionally as well. See, Brother Marty, you're not alone. He, he, oh boy, he taught a good message yesterday and everybody was just kind of awestruck by it, you know? They're just thinking, Brother Marty, okay? They're just thinking about it. 
How many times do I have to forgive somebody? 70 times? The boisterous answer, 70 times do I have to forgive the guy? Jesus said, no. I say unto you, 70 times seven. I can't. Yes, you can. You choose not to. Don't say you can't. Say you won't. Ooh. You can, because the Bible says you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you. You can't do it on your own, but Christ will strengthen you. That allows you to do what you can't. But it does not allow you to do what you won't, because that's your choice. And God will not take that away from you. If you want to be bitter, unforgiving, unkind, segregated and separated from people, that's your choice. But there's a high, high price to pay. We need to learn how to forgive and release people. Hmm. There are people here today that have been through a terrible divorce. People that have been abused by their parents. Physically, vocally, mentally. There are people here today that have been so deeply hurt by their closest friend that they don't think they'll ever be able to recover. You know, one of the things I appreciate about God, he just doesn't sit up there on his throne, eat grapes and have people fan him. He gets off of his throne, robes himself in flesh, comes to earth to demonstrate his holiness, his character, his love, and his plan for your life, and then makes a sacrifice of his own life for yours. Now you tell me another God other than Jesus Christ who's willing to do that for you. Give me a name. Shout out a name. There's only one. And his name is Jesus. And he experiences the betrayal, the hurt. All the disciples forsook him. Denied him. And he didn't turn his back and say, that's it. I'm done with humanity. I wash my hands of the whole bunch. He perseveres. He remains faithful. He still shows his mercy. He still provides his grace to those that will accept it, embrace it, and give it back to others. Man, that's good preaching. I'm not just, I, I believe this, folks. I'm not, I'm not preaching idealism. I'm preaching to you what I believe and what I believe the word of God declares. His mercy endures how long? Forever. How long should mine last? Forever. Hurt. I've been hurt. Well, we've got to talk ourselves through the hurt. We've got to learn to replace our hurt. This is another one of your blanks. Replace my hurt 
with God's peace. Colossians 3 and 14. Above all these things put on charity or love, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also you will be called in one body and be ye thankful. Be thankful. I have to speak in, in general terms as the pastor of this church so, because I don't want to hurt anybody. And I'll get to my hurting other people in just a little bit. But I've been hurt. And it ain't easy. And you don't see it coming. And I'm going to walk you through what happens when somebody that close that you love that much and trust that much, how it happens and what you go through. The first thing that will happen, stage one, shock. You are shocked. You never saw this coming. You never would have dreamt that such a thing could happen. And you're shocked. The next stage that you go to is you're hurt. It's like somebody stuck a knife inside of you. And it hurts. And not only do they put the knife in you, they don't, they're not quick to withdraw it. They turn it while it's in there. You will lose sleep. Your prayer life will be changed. Your spiritual activity will decline. From what? From hurt. And then, just when you think you're starting to get over the hurt, anger, retaliation, self-defense, self-perseverance. I'm going to do what I got to do to survive and to preserve my image. And you become aggressive. And about the time you realize that you're not handling the situation correctly and you try to shut it down, you go back and repeat the process over again. I'm shocked. I'm hurt. I'm angry. I like that verse of scripture, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Keep it up. We'll all be blind and toothless. <laughs> Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. I used that scripture on one guy. I said, hey, wait a minute, brother. You better understand, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. And he said, yeah, and I'm one of his helpers. <laughs> he don't need your help. He'll take care of it. But in the meantime, you're hurting. You know what I learned about Job? Job's trial ended when he prayed for the people that were giving him the most grief. Right. 
Let me finish with this today. I've hurt some people. Now, we don't like talking about this. We like talking about how other people have hurt us, but we don't like talking about how we've hurt other people. Every man's ways are right in his own eyes. Can I get an amen to that? Okay. Hebrews 12 and 15 says, look diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. If you throw a rock in a body of water, not only where the rock goes in will there be a ripple, but it will ripple out for several feet according to the size of the rock and the depth of the water. Now you're gonna have to preach that one because I don't have the time. The size of the rock and the depth of the water. But many are gonna get hurt if you don't stop throwing rocks. Many are gonna get hurt if you don't stop throwing rocks. Say, well, I haven't done anything wrong. Really? Have you ever broke a promise to somebody? Have you ever lied to somebody? Well, I didn't lie. I well, twisted the truth a little bit. Ever failed to learn how to keep your mouth shut and not talk about somebody that hurt you? Hmm. Yeah, we've hurt some people. And we justify it because we say they initiated it. But if you've been listening in the last half hour, you know that we should have forgave them and it would have diffused the situation. But we feel justified and vindicated by hurting other people. It's wrong, it's wrong. Have I been unfaithful? Have I been physically or verbally abusive to anyone? Has anyone ever come to me and pointed out my fault and I refused to hear what they had to say? Oh yeah, we've hurt some people. You know, one of the, th- I gotta share this with you. I've had, some, I've, I have a, had a wonderful father and I realize not all of you had a wonderful father. And it's difficult for you on Father's Day or Mother's Day to hear Father's Day and Mother's Day messages about great parenting skills. I'm sorry for you, I really am. But here's your chance to make things different, to not be what they were, to be a better parent. I wrote a Maybe this is a good time to, this paper is just about falling apart, but I wrote a letter to my dad. I've written one to my kids too because sometimes people need to know what it's hard to say. I thought I might share this with you this morning. 
Dear Dad, I love you. You've been so good to me, it makes me want to cry. You've been my best friend and the best example of a father a boy could ever have. And I only hope and pray that I will do as well. You have played with me, laughed with me, spanked me, cried with me, and all that goes along with these things, you've always loved me. I have tried to return your love, but I found it hard to express myself. I've wrestled, I've boxed with you, but what I really meant to do was just hug you, and somehow I think you knew all along that I loved you. So, if you don't know that, let me say it again. I love you, Dad. Dad, I'm now a minister of God, and this requires much of my time, and perhaps this may be hard on you. But what you help me to become is the highest calling a man can have. And it also says your love was well spent. I am now a man, but I will always be your boy. I'm looking forward to a new dimension of love with you, but I will never forget the past. Thank you for investing your life in me. I aim to make you proud of me as I am proud of you, your loving son, Rick. If your parents are still alive and you love them, could I suggest you write them a letter? If they're dead and you've had a hard time forgiving them, could I suggest a chair session and a notepad? Could I suggest that forgiveness would bring restoration and anointing to your life and to your family? Finally, think how I'd like others to make amendments to me according to Luke 6.31. Know the right time, item C, according to Ecclesiastes 8 and 6. To every purpose there is a time and purpose under heaven. Always keep a good attitude, item D, Ephesians 4.15. Zacchaeus restored four times anything that he ever took and Jesus concluded by saying, This day is salvation come to your house. So wherever possible, wherever you won't hurt other people, make amends for what you've done that's wrong. Say, well, Brother Kylie, you you hit a nerve when you talked about divorce and some other things. Well, if you've never forgiven that person or asked for forgiveness, And if it's appropriate, and if the time is right, you should. You will never be married to them again. You'll probably never be best friends. But to hold a grudge and to hold bitterness and unforgiveness will bleed into every relationship you have from that point forward. You must release them and let them go. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. 
We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.